Welcome, world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Barn is a Hobby podcast. I'm your co-host, Ib. Jay, Chris, Paul, how y'all feeling? Chilling. How y'all? I'm watching UAB ball out right now against Jacksonville State University. Who? Okay. <laughs> Stop hating, Jared. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Hey, man, real quick, I just want to say, and I think we've all kind of been in that corporate world, and we've kind of climbed up the ladder, you feel me? And one of the biggest models I've taken over the years, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, you know? And I've sat in a lot of rooms where I had to fake it till I make it. Nobody knew I was faking it, and I ended up making it. Hmm. Sycamore Bishop, or whoever that is, they took that quote that line and ran with it on a whole nother stratosphere my guys to the point where it's like alright I need to rethink ever saying figure to make it again cause they might correlate me with fucking Bishop Sycamore nah bro (laughs) nah nah see see you fake it and you made it the problem is they faked it but they ain't make it (laughs) (laughs) yo so I mean, the story is so wild. Like, I don't even know where to begin with it outside of, I guess ESPN got duped and messed around and put this fake school on national television against IMG Academy. And it's just been a snowball effect from there of ridiculousness. (laughs) Something tells me, something tells me that Rachel Nichols left in the parting gift of (laughs) suggesting (laughs) that they televised this game. (laughs) Must have been. Go. <laughs> so, I just, let's take a step back. How the hell did ESPN, <laughs> the worldwide leader in sports, who I'm sure has an entire department just devoted to research, just just research, I'm sure they do. They come up with st- the craziest stats, they make up their own stats, they know everybody's, you know, history and stuff like that. How do they get duped into actually putting this school on national television? Like, I just, I can't, that's the part, that's, that's the craziest part to me. Like, I just can't understand how that happened. And then the next day, it's like, they figured it out, but after the internet and Twitter and everybody else already figured out that they were duped and decided to run a story on it. I'm like, that's just wild. I've never seen let, anything like this in my life. Let's be, let's be a hundred, let's be a hundred percent clear. So, there are a number of ranking publications out there that rank high school prospects that have potential to go to D1. I mean, like where whole staffs just scout high school kids. ESPN is one of the biggest. (laughs) (laughs) They come out with the ESPN 300 every year and they know where all of these kids play. So to hear broadcasters on ESPN say that they attempted to verify the fact that Bishop Sycamore was claiming that they had a bunch of D1 prospects and they couldn't do it, and yet they still went ahead and And decided to broadcast the game is beyond me. It's it's unbelievable. You know what? Maybe they even even talk about like. (laughs) Exactly. But, But like, who who were the? 
who are the broadcasters even going to talk about on Bishop Sycamore's side? And when you see the high school game, right? <laughs> like, you know, you know, they play up the kids that are going to get the scholarships, right? So who the hell were they going to talk about? <laughs> and that was, Paul, that was exactly the problem. When it, was, when it reached like 17 to nothing, they just were like, this team is completely outclassed. We don't know who they are. <laughs> And then IMG is a big deal, right? Oh, so yeah. How did IMG, so how did IMG not even realize, like, okay, who the hell are these guys that were playing? Like, like that's yeah, how did they it. scout them out? They scouted them out because they saw win. That's all they scouted them out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Paul, no, that's the other question I've been asking because, you know, they, they ex- I assume that they exchanged tape with Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore allegedly played six games last season and went 0-6, but when you're scouting, you know, you're you're taking a look at the players, you're taking a look at the coaches, the coaches' background. You didn't find nothing that might make you think, maybe we should take a second look at this. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? Their, their name, it sounds it sounds very preppy. It sounds very prep school like Bishop Sycamore. That's what I think it is. Cause otherwise I'm like, how the hell doesn't any other high school get on TV then? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like Bro, I, I heard I heard that they were fucked up. I heard that Bishop Sycamore was um they were in a league that was in Texas, I guess. So if mm-hmm. like I get the whole like the prep sounding name is not like totally far off, but like when like I think that's actually like a reasonable kind of thought. But like when they went to look up this team, like and maybe look at the team website, they didn't see, oh wait a minute. They're in Ohio, but they're playing in a league in Texas. <laughs> how does that add up? I just, you know, how I, how I feel is this, right? Like Chris, you were saying, like, you know, they faked it, but they didn't make it. They actually did make it because they accomplished their goal, right? I mean, I'm sure they got paid for it. You know, the people that look crazy to me is ESPN. I mean, I feel bad for, like, the kids being affected, all the bullshit they're doing at the, at the fake school, right? But I mean, I'm sure they got paid to play the game. So I mean, they yeah. Well, but now the governor well, I, ordered like an investigation into Bishop Sycamore. Like, did they really? And make I bet it? you, the, I mean, them I'm players sure ain't them players ain't get paid. That's well, true. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, them, I'm, I'm sure I'm them players ain't the, get paid. People were running it, but I mean, yeah, no, they didn't get paid anything. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like maybe, maybe they did the bag. You know, who knows? I think. Li- listen, I mean. I think you're right. Like, I mean, it's hard to say. Look, if <laughs> this is to me, this is almost like the Lavar the Lavar Ball effect, right? Yeah. Like they were they were shouting from the rooftops that they were like ready to play with all these programs, and you know maybe their intention was actually to develop Bishop Sycamore into the type of school that could compete. But now, all of them other all the other elite schools that they were going to play are looking at canceling their game with Bishop Sycamore, which obviously. Of course you would. <laughs> you're telling me, you're telling me they were dumb enough to think, okay, they were gonna secure the bag, right? You got that part. But you're telling me they thought they're gonna go on um, ESPN national television and then nobody was gonna figure this out. Like, that is- <laughs> I just think they wanted the bag because I can't, I can't fathom that they thought they were gonna just, open. they were gonna get the bag and get away with it. I can't. It doesn't make sense. To me. Like, I don't that, know, Paul. That's wild, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> you might be right. I like that's actually reasonable. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, but I can't see it though. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just know that, you know, um 
this this is gonna be the, one of the greatest Netflix original series that that's gonna come out next year. That's all I know. Talk about some of the other stuff that we like. You know, Chris, you sent me an article, right? Just about how how just fake the school is. Like, you know, they were sleeping in hotels. They had the kids robbing for food, like robbing yep. Walmart. Like, it's crazy. They're never going to like they they, they went to a library one day for to pretend they were going to class. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> So they interviewed, they interviewed um, a, yeah. a, a guy who said he was the first recruit that Bishop Sycamore ever got. And the story that he was telling was like something out of a movie. Like I could not, it was one of those truth is stranger than fiction type things where, you know, they're talking about he like, he moved from a different state to go play for the school. And he thought that it was legit. And then they put him in a hotel with all these other dudes. And they didn't think nothing of it because they were told that they were building a new facility. So they're all thinking, you know, we're going to train. We're, we're going to wait this out. And, you know, and then we're going to go to this new facility. And then it just turned into like the sounding like a Ponzi scheme. Like, yeah. you know, where they always tell you, we're gonna, you're going to get your money. You're going to get your money. You're going to get your money. Yeah. <laughs> Until it all falls apart. Till it all falls the fuck down. So let me ask y'all this. Would ESPN be ignorant to do a 30 for 30 on this two years from now? Nah. Oh, no. That's Hell really no. secure in the bag. I mean, I they messed up, so you might as well get some more out of it, right? And I think it would be interesting. I mean, way less interesting stuff, I'm sure, does greater number, does great numbers. So something like this, shoot, I'd love to see that. That would be fascinating. I mean, what was they should do it because what was hilarious was you know ESPN wrote them re- reporting about how ESPN fucked up like that's yeah that's the funny part about it they became the story like what are y'all doing yeah they became the story within the fucking story yep. yes <laughs> sources at ESPN told ESPN that somebody at ESPN <laughs> made a mistake <laughs> like that but you can't make that type of shit up <laughs> Oh, but no, yeah. you gotta, you gotta make like, and I'll be first in line. I'd pay for, I'd pay to see this. <laughs> Chris, but Chris and I had an interesting conversation yesterday about it because um, I was just saying like, well, when something like this happens, this is because you know a kid really doesn't give this when you don't really care at all about school, right? And then your parents are not having the proper oversight also because I mean I've been there like when I was in high school, I kid, I cared more about sports than my grades. But I still gave a fuck at some point about school. Like, you're not going to send me to a place and I'm not going to school at all. Like, I'm like, there's something wrong with that, you know? Yeah. And then your, your parents, like, my mom is not going to have, like, okay, well, the kid the kid that they interviewed kept asking them, the mom kept asking, when are you going to school? When are you going to school? He kept saying, the week later, a week later, a week later. That would never roll with my parents, you know? But then Chris pointed out to me, he's like, you know, like, yeah, I had to check my privilege there, too, because, you know, coming from different places, like, maybe... The parents didn't go to finish high school or whatever, so they're not like adept in that stuff like that, right? It's just, it's just different. That made me check my my privilege though. Made sense. Listen, I mean, yes, I mean, I think all of us have had, you know, at least some, you know, somebody in our lives that, you know, that really, really cared and was really looking out. And, you know, sometimes, you know, parents can parents can give in to the pipe dream too. You know, sometimes yeah. that happens. So, you know. And clearly with this, ESPN did not have people that gave a fuck about ESPN. 
to make sure they didn't make a fool out of themselves <laughs> and put that dumb no. shit on national television. <laughs> but shit happens. Not only this shit. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say, Paul? I said they've been becoming a joke for like the last 15 years anyway. So. I mean, I, and that yeah. could be a part of it. They might have known Bishop took him over space and was like, fuck no, it, this will bring so much publicity to us over the next three weeks. Let's milk it. Let's put them on. IMG Academy will blow them out and then eventually it will break and we will be front page news. I just think they fucked up. I think ESPN is style over substance nowadays, obviously, for a long time now. So they probably just didn't do the research about it, really. That's my that's my thoughts. But who knows? <laughs> Speaking of style over substance. Oh, here we go. My man Cam Newton <laughs> got cut. All that dancing to the rap music, like Scott Golex said, wow. all that style, wow. all that style nah, nah, got cut for the but substance of you, Mac. Is he still going to be better than Daniel Jones this year? Oh, uh, <laughs> Mac Jones? Okay. Oh, you talking about Ken? Yeah. If he, land, if, he, if he lands somewhere, he's like, no, I think that, he'll have that, something. No, fuck that time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> If Cam lands somewhere, I think he's gonna have something to prove, for All sure. Right. But is he gonna start though? That's the thing. I think mm. there's a few. There's a few possible landing spots. Like what, Houston? Houston. Who's Houston's? Like Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, like, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. I hope he lands on his feet, man. Your brother. No, you don't, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I do. Word. Mercy against him. He's just a knucklehead. I don't have. I don't have nothing against Cam. <laughs> Uh, so how, I would like to ahead, see Chris. him go to the Colts. That would be nice. Because is like, some trash at this point. I don't think he's well, I, yo, So I have a whole thing about Cam versus Carson Wentz. And like, if you look at how many chances I feel like Carson Wentz is getting versus how many Cam got, I just don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it, but Welcome yeah. to America. Yeah, we know what that is. Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz was a good QB for three-fourths of the season, got injured. His team then went on to win the Super Bowl with a backup QB. He then... <laughs> was named MVP. Who was also named MVP. Over Brady. Which tells yes. me... Which tells me... It might have been the system and the play calling everybody else around him and not necessarily Carson Wentz. But I digress. Yep. Carson Wentz, before he went down, was leading, like, for MVP that year. And I think Brady ended up winning it that year. And then he lost mm-hmm. to them in the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Then it became a whole controversy in Philadelphia whether Carson Wentz should be the quarterback or Foles. Like, that was a legit thing for a long time of whether it could happen. Wentz continued to get injured. He continued to get injured. He then, last year, played super poorly, got uh-huh. benched for Hurts. Yep, then yep. this summer, went off, got shipped off to, what, Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Got hurt again with his foot. Hasn't played at all. And I just look at the careers of... Carson Wentz and Cam, I'm like, Cam is definitely about to be a backup QB. Like, I really can't see a situation outside of, like, Houston, maybe, of him becoming a starting QB. And it's like, Carson Wentz keeps getting these shots, and I don't understand why. Like, he never won an MVP like him. He's never actually taken his team to a Super Bowl like him. He's not really a dual-threat quarterback, because then he blew out his ACL or something once already. Multiple times, if I remember correctly. So it's like, 
he's not particularly accurate. I mean, does he have an arm? Sure. Cam used to have a great arm. Now it's kind of whatever. Shot and shot. But it's just like, I don't understand. When I look at both situations, like it just doesn't, it, on its Carson. face, and we can get into what we're really about, but on its face, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Like how one continues to get a shot and then the other does it. And I'll, and I'll say this. Listen, Mac Jones is the QB for my team, so I'm going to support Mac Jones 100%. But Cam did not play that poorly this this preseason. I still don't understand why everybody was dragging him and acting like Mac Jones was doing something great. Maybe he was doing great in seven-on-sevens and all this other stuff. But when I was watching him play, you know, in the preseason, he was like a game manager and he would hit some throws. But I never thought, like, he was taking over the game and just leading it. And maybe that, you know, he's a rookie, so he maybe just is not there yet. I just never thought that Cam played so poorly that Mac Jones overcame and become the starter. But at this point, it is what it is, and go Mac Jones. I mean, Carson. I mean, yeah, my bad. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying Carson got you know he he's that he's that prototype man. He's he fits the, he fits people's mold. That's all. That's all. That's about. Really. You know, I get like Carson Wentz. The treatment of Carson Wentz reminds me of the Tony Romo treatment. Where, you know, I felt like eight years into this dude's career, they're still calling him a young quarterback, (laughs) you know, like and like everybody is so forgiving of him, despite the fact that the movie that we watched of Tony Romo's career was so predictable every year. You were going eight and eight. He's going to choke (laughs) when the game is on the line. Yes, when the game is on the line and you go to miss the playoffs unless somebody loses in your division and you sneak in through the back door. Like, I feel like the same thing is happening to Carson Wentz. What? That's um, just... What's up? I think so, like, I was saying that's just, I'm, I'm going to lie to you. That's disrespectful to Romo, though, bro. Because for the... What? Have... He's a... Freaking, what's it? I know what you mean. He be choke. He does. He does choke. But I mean, I, I know you Carson didn't. The brought the game though. Wait a minute. Did you say Romo's a Hall of Fame and Tony Romo in the same sentence? I, I said in the first three and a half quarters of the game. Oh, I, that's the part. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so if it ended in the third quarter, he'd be in the hall. Got yeah, it. it would. But Carson's a bum, though. So true. Like, okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing that point. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. No. Okay. Unfortunately, you got to play 60 minutes, though. You're right, though. <laughs> um, but, but my point being, like, you know, I think that Cam is a proven commodity. And I, I mean that from the plus side and the negative side when you're talking specifically about his skill set. Cam's going to turn the ball over, right? But I feel like Cam will take care of the football a lot better than Carson Wentz, even when Carson Wentz is healthy. And like, so for me, if you if you feel like you're a quarterback away from like really making a run, Cam is your dude. Like, I like I don't think I don't think that there's any bones about that. So and I agree with you, Jared, completely. Like what from what everything that I've read and heard, the narrative about Mac Jones is that he bodied Cam Newton in camp. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. cool. Like what are you doing with the lights are on? Because if he's bodying you in camp and you coming out playing average and you telling me that Cam is not doing that great, but he's coming out and still playing better than you, uh, I know who I'm going with. <laughs> like, We're talking so, about practice. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, 
I think Belichick, honestly, I think Belichick said, you know, he said, he really said that the quiet part out loud, like to me, yeah. like, Absolutely. you know, it wasn't about the vaccine status. It might not have been about the vaccine status, but it was definitely about the fact that he did not display leadership like we were talking about last week, in my opinion. He didn't display leadership. And when he talked today or yesterday, he said that Mac fits the mode of what they're trying to do. And I think Cam was just, you know, when Brady left, that was a big culture shift of Brady leaving. Brady took the culture for the most part. Then we brought in Cam. Cam was the complete opposite of Brady. He, he likes to run around. Like he likes to, he was our goal line back last year for the most part. It's the complete yep. opposite of Brady. So, you know, Cam didn't really fit the mold of what Belichick wants, which is a quarterback that's accurate, that can manage the game. Like one of y'all said, Mac is a game manager. That's all he needs. Someone that can manage the game, not fuck up, be accurate, hand the ball off when needed, and let the defense win it. Make plays when you need to. And, yep. you know, I feel like maybe Cam just was, you know, Cam was Cam. He's a veteran. He likes to do his own shit. Kind of, you know, run, run his own shit. And I think on top of fucking up with COVID, Belichick was like, nah, we're good. Mac proved enough. But let me ask y'all a question. I, uh, my bad. I was just I was just curious what y'all thought because I was surprised. Like so go ahead, Chris. You know? So I'm thinking like I mean for me the thing that the thing that really gets me about Mac Jones is yes, everything you said, Edmund, I think is the reason why Belichick likes him. And, you know, if you're looking at it, I mean, strictly from, you know, from like his experience at the college level, you want somebody who's going to be able to manage the game and make sure that they don't screw it up when, you know, in big moments and high pressure moments. Well, every game that Mac Jones played was a high pressure moment. So, you know, and then he played in the natty. So like, yeah, I can see where you'd be like, okay, we know that he can handle pressure, but tell me, when's the last time you remember an Alabama quarterback becoming a superstar in the National Football League under Saban? Never. It hasn't happened. To be, it hasn't I, happened. Say, I don't think it's ever. They've all been bust. No, so the, I would say that the best quarterback that he's had that's that's become a pro is probably AJ McCarron. Mm. So, so like. What is it that you think is going to be different about Mac Jones is my question, right? Because you got a long history of Alabama quarterbacks coming out. Tua didn't even get a full season where the Dolphins considered him an undisputed starter. There's already rumors of, of them looking for Deshaun Watson to maybe come in. So, like, uh-huh. there, even if that wasn't true, the rumors about Tua, you know, I mean, the fact that they're, they're looking at all tells me that Tua is probably not going to be there that long. That's so, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Y'all still I, hear I would, me now? Yeah, I will oh follow my. that. Yep. I will follow that up by saying I think Mac landed in a good spot, a better spot than most of those Alabama quarterbacks went to. Like Mac, Mac happened to go to the Patriots when we just had a bad season, fairly that's bad fair. season, transitioning from Brady, and he landed with Belichick and the Pats, who had like seven people opt out last year. The defense yep. was in shambles. The offer, like it was just a whole transitional season that led us to get draft cam at I think uh, draft Mac at like fifteen. Yeah, that's that 15. was just yep. a perfect, you know, that was just a perfect setup. 
So yeah. I think we might have a better chance to see what a good Alabama can, quarterback can do in a good system for one of the best coaches ever, if not the best. We so gonna that, find that's out. The, yeah, that's the only reason why the only I guess rebuttal I would have for that because you're right. Most of these Alabama quarterbacks don't do anything, honestly. Yeah. But let me ask you, yeah. right? Did um. Didn't you feel that maybe Cam had to like destroy him in the competition? Because isn't that normally how it goes when it comes to these incumbent versus the rookie? That Cam had to destroy Mac or Mac had to destroy Yeah, no, Cam? that Cam had to destroy Mac to keep the job. Because usually, like, if you draft somebody high, they want him to play a lot of times. Mm. Yeah, oh, but no, I don't no. think that's really Belichick's MO. Not, like, not, to okay. me, Belichick is he's just going to play the best person that fits gotcha. the team. And I think to Ibn, your point, Chris's point, everybody's point, I think Cam probably did do well last year initially when he came in under those circumstances. But when he got COVID, it was like one thing, right? And they could never quite recover. And then they uh-huh. basically built this team around him. Like, if you look at what Cam has been good at, even in, in Carolina, it's the tight end stuff. It's the running backs. It's the strong line. Like, they really, to me, built this team around having Cam Newton as the quarterback at least for this season and then making it easy for whoever was they were going to draft to transition because look it's a it's a check down team they got no one who's really going to stretch the field like that unless you believe in nelson aguilar and he you know actually catches the ball right so you're going to hunter henry you're going to the tight ends you're checking down the white like that's what you're doing you're going to myers like that's what you're doing like you're playing inside the 20s like that's that's what you're doing and that's fine and then you hope that Cam can run it for 10 to 15 yards to get the touchdown. And that's what he's done his whole career. Yep. So I feel like they built this team a lot of, around his skill set. But it just felt like there was just wave, either from the media and then the stuff with the COVID happened. And I'm not saying COVID did, you know, ultimately get him kicked off. But I think it was probably just the final straw in whatever was going on there that displayed that he just wasn't up to par or whatever Belichick wanted to lead the team. And Mac was sitting there. And Mac, from all indications, was doing well in the practices. And they didn't have to tell him, you know, things twice. When he made a mistake, he learned from it and he moved on. And, you know, he stepped up when he had to. And I just felt like in this case, Cam kind of took himself out more than Mac took him out. Yeah. yeah. That, that's real. That, that, that's real. I, I can't I can't even argue with that. And I don't, I don't understand why these QBs don't get the, the vaccine because, I mean, it's at the point where you're going to be out five days, even if you don't have it, but somebody else has it near to you. So then you have to be held because of the protocol. So it's like it's going to screw your season up. Makes sense. To I completely me. agree. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Paul. I don't know why any any football player wouldn't and and really at the pro level or the college level because they're both really enforcing, you know, um, you know, basically penalties for, you know, for not being able to play as a result of COVID. Um, I don't know why any, like any player wouldn't, but especially if you're a quarterback and especially if you're in the quarterback that's in the midst of a battle for your job. (laughs) Yeah. God. Yeah. That's right. Does it matter that much to you? Like, does it, (laughs) like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here and it's like, like if I had, you know what? What Cam Cam was owed? What seven million dollars? Uh-huh. Right, something yeah, like something that. Like that. Yeah. Like if if I got like seven million, ten million on the line, am I really gonna say nah? I ain't gonna take a vaccine. <laughs> like 
I mean, I know Cam's getting his anyway, but like most of the most cats are on like, you know, basically a one year deal, regardless of what their deal says. Like you really going to I wouldn't. How? How? How is that worth it? I'm telling I you, agree. a lot of these people, they don't like to be told what to do, man. I'm trying to tell you, all like I really feel that's a part of it. They don't like being prerogative. Yeah, I was about to say stay prerogative, but then they can also find themselves looking for a job yeah. like Cam is right now. <laughs> so, so, so one more thing I do want to touch on with the Cam situation that happened prior to him getting cut that I thought was interesting, and I kind of alluded to it when we got into the talk. Our, our former backup quarterback, Scott Zolak, from like the 90s, backing up Drew Bledsoe, said some wild shit about Cam pretty much is a distraction and that Patriots need to stop playing rap music because Cam is focusing on dancing too much and not the playbook or something similar to that. I felt like that shit was wild and out of line. And I don't know if that's some racial asshole shit or if he's legit thinking that the music is a distraction for Cam Newton. But that, that shit rubbed me the wrong way. What's wild to me is Brady listens to rap all the time. Like, all yep. the time. Like, even in his Tom versus Time thing, Every time mm-hmm. he was driving in and out of the stadium, he was listening to Little Wayne. He was listening to rap. I don't know how many clips I've seen of Brady dancing to rap music after the Super Bowl wins when they get in the rings and all that type of stuff. And even during practices uh, leading up, like in camp, like just yep. straight up dancing, like just stopping Having in the middle fun. and dancing. And yeah. to me, it was just so out of pocket. and didn't It didn't make sense. Like... You know, whatever I think about Scott Zolak or whatever I think about Cam or anybody, you know, representing that organization in the organization is one thing. But it's like, it has to at least make sense. That comment made no sense. None. Like, it, everybody listens to rap music. I, I've never got the impression, you know, that Cam was doing anything extra besides what everybody else was doing. I mean, even Belichick last year, I remember from the very limited camp that they have said, you know, Cam's in good spirits, he's trying to motivate people, that and the third. That's the only thing I've ever took from that. Like, it ne- I, I never got that that opinion or that, you know, it's just so weird. I just never got that picture from what Cam was doing. For him to say that, yeah. you know, I kind of just felt like all the stuff that I had been seeing over the past few months about Mac Jones and everybody basically hating on Cam Newton, I'll be frank with you. They wanted him out since last year and you know, I just felt like it was added on to, to that pile, and it just made me feel like this is it just doesn't make sense. It's dirty. Like it has the two things have no correlation at all. So why are we even talking about it? I would say two. First. I would say two things to that, right? So obviously, it's, it was it was racist and racially motivated. I mean, that's that's definitely apparent, obviously. But also, I mean, it's kind of optics, though, right? Because I mean, with Cam, he kind of does like jump around and dance around between snaps sometimes and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, but Brady did that all the time Brady too. Did That's that. what I'm, yes. Yeah. Well, like I can, you know. I could send you videos of literally Brady dancing in between the whistle blown, like dancing, not like bobbing his <laughs> head, like literally dancing. Like I just don't understand where that comes from. Uh, like that, make it saying that, and then knowing that another the person before Cam did it, I guess because he won super, six Super Bowls, he can do whatever he wants. But it's just, I don't know. That was just a wild world. Thing to me. The world's not fair, I guess. Oh, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. So. Look, first first and foremost, Scott Zolak's forehead has been a distraction since the mid-1990s. <laughs> okay. That's first. Yeah. All right. Second, the Patriots, they they tweet out their set list for practice like every day. Ev- like every day. It's all and, 
Yeah, mm. go ahead. Go ahead and tell me how many country country songs you find on that Scott Zolak. How many? How many? Uh, uh, what are they? Hair bands from like the the seventies and eighties show up on that list? You tell me. You then and then then maybe we can talk about distraction. That's all I have to say about that. People were once saying, you fix your forehead. People were saying what the hell distracted him because he sucked, obviously. So <laughs> facts. He he got he clearly the fifty yard line distracted him yep. from completing a lot of passes. So, Damn. you know, that's all that. I got to say about that. To hell with Scott Zolak. Yeah. Yeah, that, that comment was completely out of pocket. Like, so Scott Zolak was hating on Cam. Scott Zola was a fucking backup. Hopefully Cam gets another gig. I'm feeling like Urban Meyer is going to be looking for another job soon, fellas. Because my man out here has been wilding from one... As soon as he signed Tim Tebow, I knew his days were numbered. And now this man put out a tweet. I don't know if it was a tweet or he just reported that pretty much they made roster cuts based off of players' vaccination status. I get it, but I feel like that's a wild statement to make publicly like i just feel like this the nflpa can start digging into that shit no yeah man, yeah the, the, the wables the wables on that guy man so go ahead jared <laughs> no I, <laughs> I mean i'll let y'all speak to that i mean just from you know a legal perspective you know they have a cba so the stuff that they're sure evaluating players for has to do with performance. And so, you know, all the stuff that they're doing in regards to the COVID vaccine and the COVID protocol and all that stuff has to be negotiated between the, between the union and the NFL. Um, uh-huh. And so when you start issuing what they would probably deem, you know, discipline for not getting a certain thing done, that might be the subject of mandatory bargaining. That's something that they can look into. I mean, that's something that they could, you know, file a grievance over possibly. I don't know what's in their CBA and all that type of stuff, and you need to really look into it. But it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Enough that the Jaguars definitely put out a statement that was run by at least 50 lawyers before they put it out. Because it plays <laughs> both sides. It depends, like, straight down the line like a lawyer would. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with Urban Meyer. The whole Tim Tebow thing was strange. You know, he got his he got his number one quarterback. They're probably going to be terrible this year. I don't know why they would be good. So, I, to me, he should just sit back, try to develop the QB, and get his team moving in the right direction. But he always seems to grab the headlines. Yeah. And I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's intentional or not. For he the wrong reason. The biggest star. Yeah, it yeah. feels like a lot of times he may want to be the biggest star in Jacksonville, which should never be the case with the coach. So... Yeah, you're it's right. It's not Jack a problem, no. football. You're right, Jack. It seems like it seems like he's a drama king, man. So he better he better win games because it's one thing I've done the the racist strength and conditioning coach. Right. And Tebow. Now this is like you just can't get out of his way, it seems like. And it just I think it's the ego thing, man. He really thinks like I mean it's don't, impressive how, how huge his ego is, really, to be honest. Don't forget <laughs> really don't forget no that don't forget that in the offseason he was complaining about how basically how free agency works because really? he felt like yeah because oh, he, yeah. he essentially right. felt like you you know you can't do he couldn't do like the type of due diligence that he would normally be able to to, 
you know, he to get do interference. He couldn't interfere with other teams' players until yeah. the legal time period, and he wasn't yeah. happy about that basically because in college yeah. he could do whatever the hell he wanted, whatever they, he wanted. So, and this is why I'm saying, like, it's not intentional. He doesn't. I don't think he's intending to steal the headlines. It's just that he. This is who he is. Like, he just expects for things to sort of like the winds to like bend his way. Um, yeah. That's that's who he's been his you know his whole career. And so he said the quiet part out loud, you know, um, you know, about saying that they were going to consider vaccination status. And I get it because, you know, like we were saying last week, you know, your best ability is availability. And that's probably what he's looking at. So that's my question, Jared. Um, I don't really you know, I don't want to make it a legal debate, but, you know, we're talking you're talking about discipline. Is it discipline to get cut because you don't have the vaccine? That like he they didn't get suspended, like right? They didn't they didn't get benched. Um, you know, they got cut I from mean, the league required if I'm the, if I'm the NFLPA, I'm arguing it is. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, anytime I'm losing pay and I can't perform a job and I'm no longer employed, however you spin it, to me that's discipline. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they had a job. It's going to be cuts. You think the cuts are going to be based off performance? To me, if you, if we're, if the COVID protocols and all that type of stuff, and I want to bore everybody, is something that we are bargaining, basically saying you need to do X, Y, and Z. As long as you do X, Y, and Z, you can play. Then my position is, if I've done X, Y, and Z, this shouldn't even be a factor right now exactly. in terms of whether I can play or not. I've met everything that you've asked me to do that we've agreed upon. So what is what else is there? Like now you're holding me to a different standard than you're holding other people. So it, that that to me is the play of why I say they could maybe file a grievance. But again, it's all part of what's in the actual CBA. But could I make that argument? Sure. And the team's going to make the argument that you just said, Chris. You have to be available, right? If, if somebody is, they're going to make the argument probably compared to somebody who blew out an ACL or something like that. If you can't play for me, right, I can always probably cut you no matter what. Like, that's just been the long tradition of what happens in the NFL. So I easily see both sides of it. I just think Urban Meyer going down that path made no sense. It didn't add anything. It was clearly no. going to be, it was clearly going to be controversial because of all the stuff you're hearing by from Beasley, from other players, um, Hopkins, you know, talking about people being forced to get the vaccine like it's clearly a hot button issue you know the nflpa feels a certain way about it you've gotten to a place with the union that you can go forward so to even bring it up it just doesn't make any sense like from a business (laughs) perspective it doesn't add anything and help you so why talk about it like i feel like urban he just he just lost discipline right so i i know what happened to him like me personally buddy yo that's Well, I'll say this. I'll say this, though. Like, I, I feel like, you know, IMG Academy is not that far away from Jacksonville. And, like, I know that they teach media training to those kids. Like, that's one of the things that they do in the curriculum at IMG Academy. Like, perhaps, you know, some remedial classes could help. Because, I mean, he he basically gave the game away to the NFLPA. Like, it's uh-huh. just, 
that and that that to me is going to be the big the biggest challenge for him and and at the end of the day look i already said like i i already said it that i don't think that he's going to be a successful head coach because i don't think he has any idea what he's doing and and at the end of the day you know um you know, he he could have te- taken a lesson from uh, from Belichick, who, who came back out and said, "And clean that shit up real quick." You did not get can because of COVID. You're right. Period. <laughs> had nothing to do with that. Period. <laughs> say less. Just say less. I mean, I love cocky people, but he didn't. So, because I mean, he act coaches don't fail. They fail. Listen. When when he goes when he goes how many they got eighteen games this year right yeah. when he goes one and set when he goes one and seventeen <laughs> I think I think he might realize because I don't think he's I don't think he's been on a losing Forever. team since Bowling Green probably <laughs> so wow. that's like fifteen years ago something like that so yeah well he gonna learn yeah. how to lose this year might be coming Hart might not get to take it. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I want to respond to one thing that Jay said because I, I feel like the whole Urban Mind cutting for or admitting that he's cutting folks because they don't have the vaccine is fucked up. But Jay, you mentioned something like you kind of correlated to, or they're correlating it to, hey, somebody blows out their ACL. So I mean, that's the argument mean, I think they're going to make. That, that's right. All right but. but my argument in this instance is that you're, if you want to use the ACL metaphor, you're pretty much cutting them because they might blow out the ACL two weeks from now. Because these cats don't have COVID, they just don't have the vaccine. Like yeah. you don't have to have the vaccine to play. It's just that if you don't have it and you fuck around and get COVID or if you're near somebody with COVID, those uh, pretty much the rules are a lot stricter on you. Right. But if you stay on the up and up, you're good. So it's like, if you protect your knee for the season, you'll be straight. So it's like, how the fuck are you gonna cut me? Cause I might fucking blow out my ACL. How you gonna cut me? Because I might end up being around someone with COVID. Like that's fucked up. We're all around people with COVID. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's true. It's, <laughs> it's not even just catching. The, it's not even getting the COVID. It's just, oh, you you were around somebody for a COVID that had it, so now you got to chill out for five five days or whatever. That's like that's crazy. It's gonna happen. My fuckers need to stay in their room all day. What if we all had monitors? What if we all had monitors attached to us, and every time we came in a close, came into contact with somebody. Like we had to stay home from work for five days because we didn't have the vaccine. We wouldn't be working a lot. I mean, we're around people all the time. Would I get I paid believe- though? That's mm-hmm. all that matters to me, bro. <laughs> oh. But you might not get paid. You might not get paid if it was up to you because you won't get the vaccine. That's what right. Yeah. So, so I think I think that the the analogy that I was thinking about, I think the ACL is a good one. I think another good one will potentially be if you have, say, like diabetes, right? Um, because if you have diabetes, if you're a diabetic football player, you got to make sure that your diet is correct. You got to make sure that you take your insulin, yada, yada, yada. And if you don't, there's a higher likelihood that you will miss games because you'll be in like a diabetic coma or you'll need some sort of treatment or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And depending on your past practice of how you maintain and, and, you know, and sort of hold yourself accountable to you know, to keeping up with diabetes, the team might be able to extrapolate that they're gonna lose they're gonna lose you for some games, right? Because you don't always eat right, you know, you miss time, you know, you miss your insulin doses, stuff like that. And so your behavior factors into your availability. And so if I am, 
the if I'm, you know, I guess if I'm the Jaguars, then I'm thinking, hey, you know, that's the argument that I would make. But, you know, at the end of the day, Jared's right. They negotiated this stuff before the season started, and Urban just threw a wrench in the whole thing. If that's what the Jaguars lawyers were planning on doing, they're screwed. True. Just say less. I just tell people all the time. Just You're everything right. you think, you don't need to actually say. Just say less. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Yo. never learned that lesson. <laughs> Speaking of saying less, them boys in Philadelphia need to I need to like grab on to that model. Yep. Them boys are saying a whole lot between Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, the organization, like that shit is in shambles. And I'd love to see it because I'm a Celtics fan. So I right. that's one less opponent we gotta worry about. But um yeah, Simmons, <laughs> it looks like he's on his way out the door. The real housewives of Philadelphia. That's what that looked like. (laughs) Like, can anybody explain to me how Simmons wasn't moved last year for Harden? Like, I still don't understand how that wasn't the trade that Houston made. And was it Philly holding that up? Or was Houston not cool with their offer and wanted whatever deal they got for the Nets? Because I I feel like Ben Simmons being the center of any trade versus what the Nets gave up, it's definitely going to be Simmons, right? Like, I don't understand how he wasn't traded last year. If, if this was the place we are going to end up being, and honestly, Ben Simmons has been the same player since he's been in the league yep, in terms yep. of what he does, it's just the league has figured him out. And so, as astonishing as he was his first couple years, as predictable as he is now. So, I just don't understand, like, the GM came from Houston, who's now in Philly. He knew, <laughs> he knows... You know everything about that system. I just can't figure out how that trade wasn't made last year because at this point with Simmons, you know I know he's forcing his way out with uh, with clutch and all that, and you know uh-huh. he wants out. You know his agent wants him out. They got another player then I think with Maxi Maxi or uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember. Oh his name. yeah, yes Maxi that's I, on clutch. Yeah, yeah I know Max, what you're talking about. Yep, he's yeah. another clutch client. And I read like he wants them both out. Like he's really playing hard to get them both out of there. It just doesn't make sense. I I can't understand how they got to this place when they clearly had options before. And anybody who's been watching basketball can tell you, unless Ben Simmons went to somebody to figure out why he's so reluctant to shoot, this is always where it was gonna end. Uh-huh. And Embiid has improved almost every year. And at some point, you got to get yeah. some people around him that equal that match that. They lost Butler. Um, they yeah. lost a bunch of shooters on that team. They lost JJ. Yep. They yep. brought in Doc Rivers. You know how I feel about that. Who did promptly <laughs> what I said he always does in certain situations. <laughs> and I don't know what the direction of this team is. And I don't know what trade value they're going to get for Simmons at this point because it's ridiculously low. And he's making a he has a max contract. Like they treat him like he's all NBA, but who is the who is value? Like who is his value? Like what are you what value are you getting for this individual at this point? You're not getting like a Jalen Brown type person. You're not getting nah. a Tatum. So who nah. are you getting? It's just a whole mess, man. And then to have Embiid, you know, say what he said after that, taking a <laughs> shot at Simmons and then taking a shot at the fans, it's like Get your shit together. Like, stay quiet and yeah. get your stuff together internally and figure that out because it's really a mess over there. Y'all don't win enough to talk that much at all. <laughs> I like it's y'all ain't once in faux faux faux. Y'all ain't <laughs> even been y'all ain't even been nowhere since Iverson. So Word. it's like I I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's ugly over there in Philly. 
that, that's all I could really say. What did y'all I, I think, think about? What did y'all think about um him being upset at the fans because uh, they booed him last year? <laughs> I'm talking about. I mean, I, I get it. I can understand you not appreciating that shit. Like, yo, we put our bodies on the line every day. We fucking training every but he day, didn't trying to. He's doing something. He, he might not have he, done it to the best of his ability. He's doing some type of training. He's a, he no, in the yeah. fucking gym at some point. He doing the something. Was the tweet was hilarious? He was saying in the first part, he was saying, "Okay, well, he didn't try as hard as he could." But then he's saying he's mad that they booed. I'm like, how does that make sense? Because I remember he was out of shape, and that's why part of the reason they not last or the year before why they came up short in the playoffs. So I'm like, yep. How yep. you mad about them booing if you if you didn't put your best foot forward? That makes no sense. If if they're right, like yeah. how are you mad if they're I mean, right? I, I just, I mean, for me, it's you know, I I wonder, you know, is is booing good for anyone? Right. Like, I, I agree with you. He, you know, he he admitted whether or not he actually realized what he was doing. Yeah. Um, he admitted that, you know, that he wasn't putting his best foot forward. Um, but we all know that, you know, as an as an athlete, when you're you know, when you're you are preparing for a season, you know, you are in the off season training like he may he may not have reached the levels that he realized he could reach you know once he started growing more as a player like that might have just been his journey um but i can understand where you know he knew he wasn't i mean he knew he wasn't playing his best and most players do you know the vast majority of them do and you know they players may not love being told what to do but they're obsessive about their craft you know and for the most part and and i think that Embiid. um I think that Embiid has a little bit of thin skin. I've always felt that way about him. Um, and But I do think that he also understands the sacrifice that he and his teammates make to try and, you know, get on the floor every night and give it, give it what they got. And so I think the ultimate question is, does booing help anybody? Like, is it really productive? Like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's productive, but I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's understandable in certain situations. I mean, just look, think about it at work. I mean, if you mess up at work, the boss is going to let you know. You're not, it's not booing, but they let you know that you're, you're fucking up. You what know? if they but did? you know you're fucking up. What if people right? did boo you at work? That shit would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, like well, motherfuckers you just come out of nowhere booing <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, up on email. Shit, though. I mean, you know, I think mean, cool. <laughs> when it no. comes to booing, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but like you, walk in, like you walk in the door to your office, and like you know, just everybody that works with you just stands up and starts booing you. <laughs> I got some people I work with. I want to do that shit. Well, <laughs> my thing with booing, right? I feel like with amateurs, like if you're a high school player, I don't think you should boo them unless they're not trying hard, right? Like if they're trying the hardest, if they're fucking up, you shouldn't boo them. They're, they're kids; they're trying their best, right? But in er, in terms of a pro. I feel like if you're not trying your best or you're doing something that's stupid, I feel it's within the realm of being booed. Like I don't, I don't see a problem with that. You know? But is trying your best and doing something that's stupid, quote unquote, is that subjective? No. Like how, who, who's to say what's stupid and what's not trying your best? Okay. Us? So, well, look, so what I'm saying is, if somebody's loafing, they're clearly not trying. You know, like you're turning down the tackle. That's you. You're gonna get booed for that. I, I, I respect that. Or if you're like. You know, you might be trying your, you might be trying your hardest, but you're just making a boneheaded mistake that at this point in your career that you should be able to, you should know better, right? You know, I, I think, you know, 
it's, it yeah. sucks, but you, I mean, you, you're gonna get a boot for that. Like, let's say, um, you know, somebody, a quarterback throws across their body, right, in their 16th year, right? I mean, you, I mean, you could. You mean like Tony Romo? Yeah, you know, you could, you could <laughs> boo him for that. I mean, look, Brett Favre was known for that shit. He might be trying to compete as hard as he can be, but I mean, still, like, you should know better, man. Like, you know, I can see some so, for that. The 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 uh, the image that comes to my mind, yeah. Um, and you y'all may have seen this game or heard about it because um, it definitely made the rounds on social media. Florida is playing LSU at night. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're in a barn burner game, um, and our defense is getting torched. They finally make a stop towards the end of the game. It's like maybe a little over a minute left and one of our defensive backs who got drafted I believe by the Cardinals Marco Wilson Mm -hmm. makes a tackle gets excited sees a shoe on the field and then throws it like 30 yards right in front of the (laughs) right so instant instant unsportsmanlike conduct penalty gives LSU the ball back they go down they score they win the game right and so you know you know what's gonna happen Right, you know what you know what happens, right? <laughs> well, but here's the thing: he's a kid, and look, was I upset? Yes, I was. I was, I was hot. I was yelling obscenities at the TV, like it was it was bad. But like at the end of the day, you know, he he did it. He knows better, but he was emotionally charged because he had made a play for his team, and that's kind of that's kind of like the line that you're talking about, you know, because. Mm-hmm. For me, you you're giving you've got a kid who is giving his absolute best, but he knows he messed up. And booing is not gonna like booing is not gonna inform him of the fact that he messed up. But he that, knows. <laughs> but I feel like this isn't that. Like we have to the thing about professional sports is different about fans, it's different. And fans pay money. These guys are getting paid millions That's of dollars. That's why I said not amateurs, yeah, it's different. Yeah. Exactly. So if if I should be able to boo somebody or express how I feel, you know, within reason. Yeah. Uh, from an athlete that I paid to come see, and he's making millions of dollars. You're telling me that I got to stop booing because it makes you uncomfortable? Nah, man, you're making millions of dollars. That's that to me. That's part of it. Like I'm not saying you know they're above reproach or you can you can do whatever you want to some of these athletes. Like I'm not saying that because you know fans do get out of pocket, right? Yep. They they do. They do cross that line. But booing, I go to a game and pay $150 and somebody who I pay to see who represents my team comes in out of shape and doesn't do what they need to do. Yeah, I'm a boo. I'm a boo hard. Like, I, I don't yeah, see yeah, wrong with that. Like, you can't handle that. You're making millions of dollars. Listen, I go to work every day. Somebody says I messed up. I don't go home and cry about it. I got to get up and do a better job or I'm going to get fired. That's what Let me ask you a question, Jared. Have you ever booed if you want to go to a game, though? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I agree people, like I said I'm arguing with Chris I agree people should be booed but then again I don't think I curse like I do a lot of that I just I, I can't say myself go boo like I don't know it's just different I'm no. like, like this motherfucker right like, you know no. no I no, I agree so it takes me a lot to get to the booing place I will curse and yeah, yeah, yeah. do a lot of stuff before that but if like let's say the Celtics are playing like trash for an entire game and it reaches the fourth yeah. quarter, and they're about to pull the stars. Oh, I'm a boo. I'm a boo them. 
Like, if I know you didn't bring it that night, and it's not like if I don't see the effort there, and I know like you're dogging it, and you're making millions of dollars, and I paid two hundred dollars for these seats. Yeah, I'm a boo. Like I didn't. I paid to be entertained, and I'm not being entertained. And you're making millions of dollars. Like this is some get, amateur stuff. Like that. There's like kids out here. Man. Some people go to the swing first before other first other people that go to the boon first. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I that's think a good question. I, I definitely, I'm definitely one to go to the swing first. But for me, yeah, for me as a fan, I believe that it, it is, you know, it is my job to do everything that I can to help my team win whatever however insignificant that might be and so i've never viewed like i don't view booing as giving my team a competitive advantage and so whether or not you know whether or not fans actually make a difference i think you can also argue um you know i've definitely seen situations where they have by making noise but you know if you're if you are not helping your team win then why bother do it like and, I think, and and that's I guess where I would draw the line for what Jared is saying. Like if you're talking about towards the end of the game, yeah, and you know it's a wrap, and like you know the outcome is pretty clear. I guess you could argue it, you know, that you could do it then, or at least for me that I would probably that I probably understand it. I probably still wouldn't do it though. And the cultural aspect I was saying because I think booing it lends itself more to feeling like you own the team. Right, whereas swearing, yeah. like I don't feel like I own you, just pissing me the fuck off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid, so I'm gonna throw a chair or whatever, or kick something. But I don't feel like I own them. They just, I, I, I love them. You know, right? I own you, so, or like that fact, like I own you. I'm gonna throw popcorn on you or some sort. I don't know. Like how y'all, you, you got to get in. So, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I, I, I think that you know that's kind of what Jared is saying yeah. when you say that fans. Get out of too far. Yeah, they go too yeah. far. Like if you just if you have that sense of entitlement, um, you know, I think that that's something that is displayed through booing. But let's talk about the flip side though, because you, your boys over mm. um, at the Mets were <laughs> they they flipped it on them. <laughs> real quick. How you, how you like them apples? And the funny thing about it is because I'm, I'm I know I'm being a hypocrite. I don't, I felt like okay, and beach should be booed, but with the I didn't care. I thought it was funny. Like, you know, <laughs> when they when they fans, right? I, I, and I really can't ex- it just really didn't and the guy hit the home run so when he put the thumbs down. Like it was kind of funny to me. But you had all the guys on the, the top all the old they're so like so angry. And I think that comes back to people feeling like, you know, we pay these like you don't really think people like I mean should they have done it no because the people pay your bills right but I mean it was, it's just it was funny like okay like you know you, you feel like you're gonna boo us we're gonna boo you back I don't hell yeah I agree with it they should have I support that shit fans I wanna boo we're gonna boo back yeah, I imagine one bit I and thought that was and then they picked the um you know the the Latin guy to explain it after the game that went because he didn't speak English. it was clear <laughs> <laughs> I I think that yeah. it's a very very interesting conversation to be had around you know fan support and and fan culture. Um, one oh. one that may be overdue. Um, you know, on the flip side, to me, it kind of feels like the you know everybody gets a participation trophy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that maybe you know they're having you know 
like a little bit of a thin skin moment. But, you know, we've we spend a lot of time on this pod talking about mental health, particularly as it comes to professional athletes. And maybe this is part of that conversation. Maybe we're talking about, you know, the ability for for um, players to come out and say, you know, we're vulnerable, too. And we have feelings and, you know, we feel like they're completely, you know, they're not being validated or respected, um, you know. Maybe maybe that's what we need to be Because I'm a human about. being. How like you booing me because you feel like I did a bad job. So what do you think? When I when I do good now, nah, I'm gonna be like, oh shucks, you know, they're happy with me again. No, I'm like, fuck you. you know? <laughs> that's how I feel. It's kind of my point. Yeah. You know? That's kind of my point. And on the flip side of it though, for the opposing team to come in, they're fueled by that booing. I've heard a lot of cats say we yeah. love going. I love silencing the fans when I walk into an opposing stadium and they booing me all fucking game long and I shut their asses up. So, oh, there, so there's bad. one side of it, they, they love the booing if you're coming in someone's other to their stadium. So it, it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's a good thing right? and a bad thing. Go ahead. We're talk- you're, talking about, you're talking about the fan relationship with with that team's fans right the home yep. the home team right so you're talking about me as a fan booing my home team versus me as a fan booing the other team now listen i will tell you straight up um that i have no problem with booing your opponents yeah. <laughs> i don't have a problem with that at all and you know if you ever if y'all ever get a chance to come down to gainesville and go to the swamp and you hear ninety thousand people making noise in the stands Jared will tell you that Crazy. sounds like a train coming through. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you, that's great. You okay. can't, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that that doesn't affect players because I've literally seen it. Uh, two years ago, when we played, when the Gators played Auburn, yeah. the, um, at the end of the game, after after Auburn got bodied, their quarterback went in and said that he couldn't hear anything, and that was part yeah. of why they lost the game. That's crazy. <laughs> like, so booing, booing an opponent, totally cool for me. Booing your own team, eh? I don't know. Yeah, I, like I've never booed my own team. I, I booed the opponent. But like, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I booed one time. Like I definitely did because yeah. they deserved it. Because they, they were dark. <laughs> I was tired of them. You must have been tired of them. I was tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see. It is hilarious. You just talk Jack go boo. You must be hot. I was hot. What team was that? It was the Celtics. It was right. the Celtics. Yeah. We're not going to get to it, but like, yeah, they were dogging. I can hear the disgusting voice <laughs> right now. It's like, what are, you, what are y'all doing? Take the jersey off. Like, because you know me, I'm a fan of my team. Like, once you throw on that jersey, I don't yeah. care who you are. I'm yeah. I'm supporting you, right? Like, That's unless right. you do something like super crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, all I ask is that you try. Like, I know some, of, some of them aren't going to be Michael Jordan. Some ain't going to be Tom Brady. That's fine. Yeah. But give it your all. I've if I see you dogging it for a whole game and it's everybody, like, nah. Mm-mm. I can't do it. I, I I will turn, and if I'm at home, Chris knows this, I will turn you off. I'll turn somebody off yep. so fast, a game off oh, so I fast, know. I think you're not giving it, like, I don't have time for that. I get too emotionally invested in it, so I'm going to boo you, I'm going to cuss you out, I'm going to go hard. Like, I'm a fanatic, that's how I am, but I'm also yeah. not going to try to yeah. Throw popcorn on you, like I know you're still a person, right? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm not like these people. Like yeah. I understand the person I might be coming at is probably six five, two hundred pounds. <laughs> Works out twice table. a day. Like I understand what's really gonna happen. Right <laughs> be though. It's like how are you gonna say? Like how are you gonna be mad that they booed you, but you know you you weren't putting in the effort. 
you weren't in top shape. So, like, what are you mad about? I mean, he fucked up for saying that. He shouldn't have admitted that to the public. He should have kept that to himself. Yeah. So that's where he fucked up. Yep. So we yep. got, look, fellas, we got one football is back. Regular Amen. season starts next next week for the NFL. Tomorrow, I, I believe it's tomorrow, Chris. I know you're our college football guru. Minnesota and Ohio State tomorrow night. That seems like actually, a good game. Actually, college football started last week. Oh, shit. It was week zero. zero. Yes, week zero, baby. So, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, and actually they gave some love to, you know, to some HBCUs. Um, they had NC Central playing. Um, That's right. Yeah, it was. And that was that was a pretty good game. Okay. Um, right now, uh, tonight it's UAB and Jacksonville State. Um, tomorrow there there are a couple of games going on. Yeah, and it's going to be a huge weekend. And some of these games have college football playoff implications right off the bat. So Georgia's playing Clemson. That game's going to be nuts. Um, yeah. So UCLA is is going toe to toe with LSU, which I find hilarious, given you know. The sudden hatred of the the SEC from the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and and the Big Twelve. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of matchups um, this year that you know I think college football has tried to do a really good job of making the first week of well the real first week of the season like a really really big banger. Like yeah, that, yeah. So it's gonna be. It's going to be crazy. There's going to be, there's a lot on the line very, very early. First, let me ask you a question, right? So who are the, like, the two top quarterbacks you would say that could be? Because I heard it's more defensive draft that's going to be thinking. That's a type of. Hmm. The top quarter, the top quarterbacks that, that could come out this year. Um, let's see. Uh, Spencer Rattler. Hmm. Uh, I think one, he's one from Oklahoma. I think, um, He's going to be one of the one of the quarterbacks to go in the first round, probably early. Um, and then, you know, I will say, uh, I'll probably say Matt Corral um, from okay. Ole Miss. Um, Ole Matt Miss. Corral okay. I, is a kid from California who actually originally committed to uh, Florida, decommitted from Florida, and went over to Ole Miss. Um, the kid is a mobile. Uh, he's he's not a I wouldn't call him a true dual threat, but he's a mobile quarterback that has a great arm and pretty good field vision. Kind of reminds me of Johnny Menzel, except for he takes care of the oh, ball a little bit better. Um, <laughs> no, I mean like all the good parts of Johnny Menzel. <laughs> Menzel was solid in college. He just yes. in the pros. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I would say I would say that. And um, Sam Howell, um, from North Carolina. Um, I've heard that kid. Yeah, that kid is. Uh, North Carolina will be a problem this year, man. I'm telling you. North Carolina might be a problem this year, and I gotta say, shout out to Mac Brown because they ran him out of Texas. Then he took some time off and spent some time in the broadcast booth at ESPN, and then came right back and built the juggernaut. And <laughs> what's going North on with Carolina. Texas? They wish they had a Mac Brown at Texas right now. I bet you they wish they did, bro. <laughs> Them fools got so desperate they had to change conferences. They've been trying to find a head. That's yeah. that's what happens. You think either of those three um <laughs> Do I think um it's it's hard to say, but if if you had if you were to ask me right now, yeah, 
um, which which quarterback would you take to to potentially build a franchise around? I'd probably have to say it's Sam Howell. Um, you know, I I know a little bit more about Spencer Rattler, um, the kid in high school. Um, he went to high school in Arizona, um, and I think it was his senior year. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was his senior year that he mysteriously got suspended um, during his senior season, and he was having a light like he was having a lights out senior season. It came out later that there may have been some, um, you know, some nefarious dealings with his grades. Uh, that involved him paying a tutor or something Never. to take some tests uh, for him. Good for him. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that. So, Lies. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, and I say that to say that when you talk about a, a guy who really, you know, he's got all the physical tools, but maybe not the maturity level to deal with being a franchise quarterback, that's where I, that's where I think he would struggle. Matt Corral, I don't think, takes care of the mm-hmm. ball enough. He does take care of it better than than um johnny menzel did um sam howell seems to me to be kind of like the complete package he's got he's he's had to lead a team that plays clemson every year in a top heavy conference um with a school that doesn't get a ton of respect and he's had to earn every step of the way um and he's got all the physical tools so i think if you were going to pick somebody i'd probably pick him i'm gonna be checking for him this year this better be good yep (laughs) yep the look the (laughs) <laughs> Papa, are you saying you don't believe in Danny Dimes? Is that what you were alluding to? He, he, I got shot. They, and he doesn't have the because like, wow. the brain because he's white. Well, yeah, had played tons of rounds. It's like they all, you know, yeah. Say he wasn't with the Duke and all that black. If Saquon if Saquon is healthy, I think Danny Dimes will have a good season. If Saquon's not healthy, Danny Dimes ain't doing shit. Here's here's the other thing too, though. And the line is tough. That's that's what I was about to say, Paul. Like, I mean, if he if he had like a halfway decent offensive line, then I could say, you know, we could really find out what he's about. But I think about all the times that Tony Romo had like a really great offensive line. And he still couldn't perform like that should have been it for him. Like Danny has not had the opportunity. Like I'm not even saying he needs to have like, you know, like dogs at wide receiver and even Saquon, but he needs no. to be able to not worry about throwing the football. <laughs> like <laughs> that line ruined the last half of Eli's career, and then they're about to run this boy out of town too. Definitely did. Yeah. Yep. They got to fix that, bro. Like, I don't know. What they they got to fix that. Eli was getting slaughtered towards the end of his career. Yes, it was. Yo. A poor kid. Yo, speaking of Saquon and Jay, I just want to bring something up before we get out of here. We had our we had our fantasy draft last Sunday, I believe. Or this, no, I'm sorry, this Monday. Saquon went hella early. I think within the first top five picks. But I wanted to ask you, how are you feeling about your squad this year? I hate it. I hate everything about you my squad. You say season. that shit every year, James. Nah, but this that every year. Every no, no, no. Year, I mean, there are times. Listen, 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 listen. I'm a pessimistic person by nature. That's who I am. I try to disguise it as realism, but more often than not, I'm pessimistic. But the only thing I really enjoy about my team right now is my wide receivers. So I don't like my running backs. 
I don't mind my tight end, but it's a reach when I got who, him. Who you got for tight end? I got Pitts. Uh, oh, no. Nah, I had him on my radar. I know you did. That's why I took him. Yo, Jared was taking my players the whole f- like he has six legit six players on his team that I was yo, gonna pick. I yo, I fucked up too. So <laughs> William ended up picking Thomas. And I knew I was, he was gonna pick Tom. I was I was like I was next up. And originally I can't remember who I picked before because I knew how it snakes. I was like, I should pick Thomas now because no one's gonna pick the running back that I want. I was like, nah, it'll get back to me. And then William waited, I want to say, to the last three seconds to pick Thomas. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah, I was going to pick him. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. But honestly, I like my bench more than I like my starters. And so that's that's where I kind of am with that. Like, I think my bench is decent. But right okay. now, Evan, who are you trying to come off with uh, with the running back? Because right now, that's who I need. So we should, we should need to talk. Yo, I, I need a running back. I got Raheem Mostert. I got Aaron Jones. I got Najee Harris. I got backs. All right, we we should talk. We should talk because somebody on the, the thing took like five or six running backs. Like the whole squad is running backs, and I was like, <laughs> "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> I think that was my girl Kalila. Oh, okay, was taking mad okay. running backs, and we was clowning for it on the Zoom call. I mean, maybe it's the move because I'm about to have to hit up a bunch of people to get a running back. So maybe that was the strategy. I don't know. I just know a bunch of running backs were being selected, and I just like, where the hell are these running backs going? Man, we we gonna see. We gonna see. Jack, Jared loves to talk that shit, and they ends up dominating. Right I never dominated. I barely ever make the playoffs. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yo, I love it. Hey, if I need everybody to follow us on IG, Ball Miss Hobby Podcast. If y'all got fantasy questions, if y'all got questions about. Sycamore Bishop or whoever the fuck that was <laughs> and the ESPN debacle the hold on if you want to comment on our shit hit us up on the socials outside of that we off this people alright peace today's episode is brought to you by Nice Touch Editing Services Nice Touch Editing is your one-stop shop solution for all of your content writing and editing needs. Whether you're an author looking for an editor for your book manuscript, you need a resume and cover letter to go after that new job opportunity, or if you're a small business looking to go after that latest government contract, Nice Touch Editing is the premier writing and editing solution. Feel free to reach out www.nicetouchediting.com. Nice touch editing services. Now that's a nice touch.